And this policeman saying to me, he was like, he was like, should I make you a cup of tea? And I was like, <laughs> such I was, an English thing. I know, I know, it's such an English thing. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm fine. Like, it was such a ridiculous thing to say because I obviously wasn't fine. Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey everyone. So how are we doing today? We are doing good, how are you? Uh, I'm great actually because <laughs> I had a not so great day yesterday. Um, we planned to go to the beach, thought nice chill day. Unfortunately it rained all day, but it means that I stocked up on my favorite coconut water for the beach, which means I know how for recording. So I'm doing well, <laughs> how about you? It really is the little things, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Well, I, I didn't have a missed beach day, so I don't have coconut water, but Aww. still doing good gearing up for a busy weekend. I'll share mine. I'll share mine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about negative emotions. Can I just say negative yes. emotions with big, big quote, air, unquote. air quotes <laughs> for anyone who's listening on the audio. <laughs> and um, today we're not just discussing negative emotions in general, we're actually discussing why there's no such thing as a negative emotion and why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so often we hear from people how they're struggling with the feeling of guilt about negative emotions, uh, yeah. having negative emotions, like they feel guilty because they're... I'm going to do this every time you say the word negative, <laughs> negative emotions. Carry on. <laughs> Feel free if you're not on video or if you are watching on video to air quote along with us. <laughs> um, so there are no such thing as negative emotions. <laughs> um, there are way yeah, they are our way of processing experiences. Mm-hmm. Like that's what emotions are. It's the processing of the experience. Right. They are all valid. Mm-hmm. They are all important. Yes, they are. And they are all necessary. Absolutely. I'm going to go through and repeat that entire thing again because I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. There are no such thing as negative emotions. They are a way of processing experiences. They are all valid. They are all important. And they are all necessary. What she said. Yes. So... In reality, emotions almost always come up for one of three reasons. The first is that emotions are a response to one or more of our universal needs being either met or unmet in the present. So like right here, right now, one of our uh, one or more of our universal needs is either being met or unmet. So if the emotions are enjoyable, we just get to enjoy them. That's what happens when our needs are being met. We tend to experience more enjoyable emotions. So we just get to chill out and enjoy them coming through, like having a bit of joy, a bit of fun, a bit of laughter. 
If the emotions are not quite as enjoyable, this is really good to know because it's a valuable indicator which is letting us know and directing us to the needs that we need to focus on and meet for ourselves. It's like giving a little flag going up, going, hey, there's a need not being met right now. And that gives us the, the indication and that prompt to go, oh, which need is not being met? Let's figure out what the need is and let's figure out how to focus. Now we're going to focus on that one and how do we meet that for ourselves? The thing is, is that once the need has been met, the emotion will often melt away because it's served its purpose i.e the emotion was present to let us know that one of our needs is being unmet and also because the thing that triggered it i.e the unmet need is no longer present so that's what's happening when we are having these emotions that are coming up in the present now sometimes they come up as a way of processing the fact that one or more of our universal needs has been met or unmet in the past. So again, if the emotions are enjoyable, then we just get to enjoy experiencing those emotions as a way of processing these past experiences. So we get to experience these emotions when we kind of think back on these past experiences that have been maybe fun or full of love or connection um, or silliness or whatever. Um, if again, the emotions are not quite as enjoyable, then feeling them is our way of processing this experience, the experience that we had in the past of having one of our one or more of our needs, um, universal needs unmet. So by fully feeling them, like actually feel, allowing ourselves to feeling them, acknowledging what we're feeling, allowing ourselves to feel it, we actually process what has happened to us. And once they're processed, either they've been fully felt, they will naturally release and melt away because they're there to process the experience. Once we've felt them, we've processed the experience, they no longer serve a purpose. So often people talk about like moving through emotions, but actually how I describe it when I'm working with clients is allowing the emotion to move through you. And some people visualize it moving through up and out some people visualize it as moving down through and out the other um out the other direction as in by your feet um like whatever it is like allowing yourself to um to feel them as they move through the body and then allow them to release naturally and the thing is this is part of the process of healing from the experience of having one or more of our universal needs unmet so in order to heal more fully, we also want to, um, we often also want to meet the needs that were compromised in that experience. So the needs that were unmet in that experience, what we want to do is we want to focus on and we want to re-meet those needs um, to ensure that we're not carry, carrying that unmet baggage with us um, forward in terms of like, okay, we, we don't want to carry that experience with us. We don't want to carry the emotional baggage from that experience forward with us. So by processing the emotions and meeting the needs that were compromised, that's that's the way that we start to heal that, that experience. Now, it's important to say with this, this is not necessarily a one and done thing. So it may be that um, we have a lot of different emotions about a situation that happened and that in any given time, there's just one that's up. So say, for example, we're feeling anger about something that happened and we feel anger in that moment, processing that current emotion often leaves space, leaves space for the next one to come up whenever it surfaces. It may be anger about a different aspect about something that happened or it may be sadness or it might be grief but what we're going to do is we're just going to allow when those emotions come up when they're present we allow ourselves to feel them um, so whenever the emotions come up around this same situation or experience we want to allow them and feel them in that moment and Healing from an experience in the past um, tends to occur, or certainly is, a, we, we're, we're significantly way through the healing experience once all of the emotions around the experience have been felt, processed, and released, and by having those needs that have been compromised by that situation met. The thing is, is this doesn't mean to say that we forget the situation. What it means, we can still learn from it, but we're no longer carrying the emotional baggage from that situation around with us. And then the final reason that emotions come up is about having anticipation of having one or more of our universal 
personal needs either met or unmet in the future. So again, if they're enjoyable motions, you just get to enjoy it. So if you've got this anticipation of the excitement or the relaxation you might have on a vacation or something like that, we just get to enjoy it. If they're not so enjoyable emotions, again, this is really helpful information because it's a prompt to identify and proactively meet the needs that are at risk or um, are likely to be at the risk of being impacted in this future situation. Um, and what we do is we, by, by proactively meeting those needs, it means that we avoid or minimize the impact of these future events. And they help to build your internal resources to then cope with the future events when they happen. So even if we don't mitigate it completely, I mean that we won't be impacted in any way, shape or form, we will have the resources to mean that um, we're not going to be as, as severely impacted in the future. And if you watch the, um, um, the episode we did on an antidote to anxiety, I talked about in there about the, the Star Trek reference with the shields and having the shields at 100%. If you build your resources up ahead of time, then your shields are at 100%. So if something hits you, your shields get impacted, they go down to 80, but the ship doesn't get affected. And that's what we're doing by proactively meeting those needs. We're in effect building our shields so that when the situation happens, one, we are, we, we're not actually being directly affected, the shields are, um, but also that we're in a better resource position to be able to then rebuild them again um, quickly so we can get into a better state. And that's why acknowledging experience and express, expressing the full range of motions is a need. The full range of emotions. Yes. Say that again. The full range of full emotions. Full range. <laughs> the good, the bad, everything in between. And it's not just in... But not good, not bad. They all just are. Just, just all of the... Whether they're enjoyable, whether they're less enjoyable, they are a need. They're all, they're all necessary. They are a must. Yes. So it's a need. It's a must. We all experience them. Every yes. single one of us experiences them. And the more mm -hmm. we normalize the acknowledging, experiencing, and expression, expressing of emotions when they're up, the better it is for everybody. And the more we normalize that we all feel them. Mm -hmm. Like the more that that is normalized, just that awareness that we all have emotions, they're all present. That even it will be so helpful for everybody, right? It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of when you think about like you're saying, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. a lot of people, you know, they don't acknowledge, don't that. acknowledge it. Don't even, and that's the thing. Don't even take the first step to acknowledge the emotions present. Never yeah. mind experiencing it and going through it. Just being like, I'm whatever I am. I'm happy. I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated. I'm just acknowledging like, oh, I feel something. I have, I've had clients in the past who are like, um, I, I don't experience anger. And I was like, okay. That's a possibility. I'm not saying that everybody is going to experience anger. The reality has never been that they don't experience anger. The reality has been that they don't want to experience anger or they don't think they should experience anger. So it's like even just acknowledging that these are these are natural human emotions. It's that's helpful. It's okay to feel. <laughs> yes. It's not only okay, it meets a need. Disney has made an entire, you know, <laughs> entire organization on feeling things. <laughs> like it's other movie studios are available. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the, the I mean that's what the I mean the movie industry literally is about getting us to feel different things. Like that entire industry is like predicated on having the experience where we go and we feel all these different things feels, vicariously through the screen, right? Feel love, feel suspense, feel drama, feel action. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, we are, we are in a society that 
cultivates all these feelings from an outside perspective, but we're also in a society that's like, oh, but you have actual feelings. Mm. Okay, so I got to jump in here with a little bit of needsy content um, because um, the- you're jumping in with needsy content. Oh, I know it. Shocker. Never <laughs> Is that if you think about it for a lot of people, um, if we're not, because we're not taught how to process our emotions, we're not taught that we have them, we're not taught it's okay to have them, we're not taught how to deal with them. Um, what ends up happening is that we don't know how to feel this stuff when it's about our stuff. And it can feel kind of scary and it can feel a bit overwhelming and we can feel like, well, what if we get it wrong? What if we, what if we open the floodgates? A lot of people have got like, they've, they've, they've not experienced and expressed their emotions for years and years and years. I describe it like a dam, like the dam is built up and um, they're afraid that if you let a little bit of water out, the dam's going to burst and it's going to flood and everyone's just going to drown, like they're going to drown in it basically. And the reality is that that's not actually the case. Um, and in fact, I mean, I can say from personal experience of, of taking clients through uh, a session where I kind of hold space for them to allow that dam to break and we take them back to some of the um, the, the the situations where they know they had a strong emotion around something because it was probably one of the worst experiences for them and they never allowed themselves to feel it. And the reality is, is that when they do that, most emotions process in about, well, in a few minutes. I mean, it actually takes, um, the research has proven it takes 90 seconds for an emotion to travel uh, to transit the body, um, which is fascinating. And that's the, th- the reason it's, the reason it stays stuck normally is because we don't allow it. Like we're not, we're resisting it every step of the way. Or we feel it get to a certain point and then we're like, oh, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> stay right there. No, no further. Um, and that's the thing is that like when we actually allow ourselves to do it, it doesn't actually take that long. And most clients are like, oh my God, I thought I was going to be spending this entire like session sobbing and screaming and in reality the actual emotional pieces of that that process come and go very quickly um and um so it but but because we don't know that and because we've not had an experience of that and because most of us don't have someone sitting there going it's okay you're not alone I'm with you while you're doing this and I'm going to help guide you if you get stuck on ways to kind of traverse what you're feeling um and to process how you're feeling most people are really scared of it so when you get the alternative option which is to feel something one step removed, like where you're watching something on a screen, it's about somebody else that's also a fictional character most of the time. It's a safer way of doing it, which is meeting the security need, which is one of our foundation, uh, one of our survival needs. So it's like, yes, we, we've, we've, we're in a society where we've got no idea how to process our emotions and we pay to go and have experiences <laughs> to watch things that will help us to feel emotions um, because it's safer and more comfortable to do it when it's not about us. And I know people that literally, there's a, there's a brilliant there's a brilliant episode of um, Grace and Frankie, which is a TV show that we both watch. Oh my God. It, it, <laughs> if you don't watch it, check it out for so many reasons. There's like, so many things we love about this show. But there's a, in, in, um, uh, in the show, the, um, uh, Grace has got a daughter and the daughter's kind of uh, a tough nut. She's a bit of a like, like self. She's a hard ass. She's a hard ass. Yeah, she, exactly. And um, so she doesn't really experience much emotion. There's this scene where um, the parents are away and her and one of the one of the other uh, one of Frankie's sons end up in their beach house. And they're like, what are you doing here? And she set herself up to have an annual cry. And she's bought herself all these like DVDs. Were they DVDs? There must be DVDs. I think like, so. When DVDs happened, when they existed, well, of like whatever she had she had a, she had a bunch of DVDs. Yeah. she had movies with her she was gonna watch movies <laughs> but they were all movies about like in in which dogs died like it was turner and hooch and like marley mm-hmm. and me and those sorts of things because 
In the absence of knowing how to connect to our own emotions, sometimes we use those sorts of situations like the, watching movies or listening to music to help us to connect to emotions in a more controlled way, in a way that feels safer. And if you think that, that there's lots of air quotes happening there, today. Yeah, it's just <laughs> lots, lots of air quotes happening today. If you think that that's a good way of approaching it, you might want to go back and, and watch the episode on how the need for control is controlling you because the control thing's never really helpful in the in the grand scheme of things. But um, sorry, I know I just jumped in there, but like I was like, well, as we're on the topic, I'm like, there's a needs-based reason mm-hmm. why people do it that way. And in the absence of knowing another way of doing it, well, why wouldn't you? It's a way of accessing the, that need in a quote unquote safer way but not in a way that's actually effective so the need doesn't really get met well and it's actually kind of interesting we were having this conversation earlier that people (laughs) I'm sorry my mind just went to a totally different time (laughs) of day and I'm trying to recollect exactly how um, the conversation um, came about but um basically we look a lot of times people will look at these these movies, the shows, the things that we're connecting to for emotional experience. And then it's like, oh, well, I wouldn't handle it that way. And from the outside looking in that controlled situation, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But when your needs are pulling the strings, Mm -hmm. you you don't know until you're in that situation. We can all be like, well, this is who I am. This is what I would do. If your needs are compromised and they're just like, oh, well, normally you would, but pulling the strings and and unconsciously you are, yes. you aren't even aware that your needs are pulling the strings mm-hmm. and so normally then we create this story like oh well that's the reason I've done that and it's like no that's not the reason you've done that that's the reason you're telling yourself you've done that because that's the reason that that aligns with your self-image and the way you want to see yourself not always the case so anyway back to the back to the main topic but I just thought I just had like as we were talking about movies like it seemed like an appropriate thing to kind of jump in with and and just give a bit of context as to why people often use that as a way of meeting their emotional needs well I also love when the live recording ahas come up and it's like <laughs> oh shit I never actually thought of it that way I'm never going to be able to watch a movie this all right, all right well how do I really feel about this which is actually kind of funny because when we watch any I mean we go down documentary rabbit holes we're constantly watch this show watch this watch this Mm -hmm. watch this and for us because we live and breathe what we do it revolves around needs because Everything, everything revolves around every needs. second of every day is done to meet your needs. <laughs> yep, that would I've be heard that it. <laughs> but I do love when these like they just kind of organically come up because yeah. this is how we have this whole idea of the things that we're going to talk about in a podcast, and then like ping something like oh light bulb, we got to share that too. Like, Ta-da, that's oh, how it works. Serena had a squirrel moment. Whoop, there we go. <laughs> and Claire went, oh, there's something to do with needs there. Let me let me point it out. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> what we've discovered, um, there are a couple of reasons why we feel bad yes. about our emotions and how we express them. And- about the perceived negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first one is that we, we hold beliefs about certain emotions and what we should or shouldn't express or feel. Yeah. So these are the beliefs that we hold, whether, you know, we were cultivated or um, conditioned into it, Mm -hmm. just the learned beliefs that we have. Um, We've internalized our experiences to create a a belief that may not be true, but seem to make sense from our experience. Yes. Yeah. And so these are normally the beliefs formed through conditioning based on what people are comfortable with, not what is good for us and our needs. Yes. 
So More this, importantly, what other people are comfortable with. Yes. That's the key there. <laughs> it's prior, prioritizing those other people's comfort right. over our own well-being. Yeah. So an example of this would be, I shouldn't get angry or I should always be happy. And we're kind of in a society, like as we were um, talking about things, the I should always be happy isn't always realistic in uh, today's world. But... I feel that there's a lot of expectation, okay, you don't have to be happy, but you need to be okay. Mm -hmm. And this is normally because other people just don't know how to deal with somebody who's angry or upset or feeling and experiencing their emotions. or whatever, yeah. Yep. Or it's because it's more comfortable to be around people who are happy or okay than people who are being real and people who are actually feeling things. Mm -hmm. Or people who are acknowledging that they're feeling things. Because most people are feeling them. They're just not, it's like, nope. Keep a lid on that. Let's not look under that box. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or if I look under that box and somebody sees me, what are they going to think? Right. Which brings me to my next point, which is other people's judgments and or the expressed issues that they may have with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Or they, or we believe they're based on past experiences. Yeah, what we believe they're going to think or how they're going right. to react. Right. So but, this yeah. person usually reacts in this way. Or somebody else did in the past. So I'm assuming this person will... Also, everybody does. Yeah. So this is our the fear of our other needs being com- compromised. So if we feel that if we express it, express our emotions, our other need, our other needs may be compromised because of how somebody else will react. Yeah. So I mean, this affects all of our needs, but um, <laughs> some specific examples. The first ones are love need. Yeah. So. What compromises this, we feel that the other people won't like, love, or accept us. So mm-hmm. we're afraid of losing that. Yeah. We're afraid of being rejected by a friend, a family member, or a partner for being too emotional. Whatever that emotion is, yeah. too sad, too angry, too, too anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you feel too much? Mm-hmm. Seems like a... There's that judgment like that, that kicks in for a lot of people. And it's like, well, what is feeling too much? By whose right. standards? Right. Who said? <laughs> <laughs> like, And it's almost people pride themselves on like, nope, I'm resilient. I'm hard. I, I can yeah. do anything. It's like, oh, feel. <laughs> like right. that's what's going to really do it for you. Well, and the thing about it is, is it takes, it's interesting. Like um, I know you're about to come on to another, actually give, give the other example first and then I'm going to jump in. All right. Um, the next example that I have is our value need, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, so many things trigger our value need and compromise and support. But what, how it relates to our emotions is that we think we're going to be judged as less than if mm-hmm. we express our emotions. So a great example of this is kind of those, um, yeah, I. <laughs> real men don't cry, yeah. or women are too sensitive. There I'm, are other examples as well, but these are two that I think are, you know, in our society, right. they're very real examples. And that whole thing of like thinking that you're you're less of a man if you feel, um, and and not a lot of the time is it because it's perceived that feeling is weak, when in actual fact it takes such strength, such courage to feel how we feel and to process it, that builds that strength. By doing that, we build that emotional resilience. We build that emotional capacity to hold more, to withstand more, to feel more, experience more without feeling completely overwhelmed by it. So this whole idea that women are too sensitive, well, there's no such thing as feeling too much. It's just often that when we're perceiving that we're feeling too much, it's that we're feeling more than we know how to process. Like we're feeling overwhelmed. Whereas once we know how to process that, 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 
actually becomes a strength um, and it actually becomes one of the things that 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 helps us in so many different areas of our lives. It helps resource us. Yes. It, once you feel it, acknowledge it, feel it, process it, mm-hmm. you can you can begin to move on your journey. Yeah. So the other um, example I have is that we feel like we're burdening others with our emotions. Mm-hmm. We feel if we come to the table with our emotions on our sleeves that it's a burden. Mm-hmm. What this is, is us taking responsibility for the other people's needs. It's prioritizing them over in their comfort and taking responsibility for how they're feeling. Well, and and also assuming that, I mean, it's taking responsibility for needs that were never ours. There's a difference between taking responsibility for someone's needs and not wanting to negatively impact their needs. There's a kind of slight distinction between the two. And this is where we're kind of bleeding into that. Not only do I not want to negatively impact your needs, but it's my responsibility to make sure you feel the way that you want to feel, which is not actually our responsibility at all. Well, and often that happens because we're assuming that something's going to be a burden or a blessing. We're deciding whether or not um, this person would want to be present in this because some people want to be there. Some people want to be that support. Some people have the capacity for it. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, we just, as humans, we decide, we tend to decide a, um, kind of a black or white. It's like, this is a burden. This is it. Like, well, and yeah, and you're right. It's like, there are different times when like you and I are a great example of this, where, if either one of us is feeling something as a general rule because of the kind of relationship that we have we want to be able to be there and to support somebody else if they're if they're with what they're feeling doesn't mean i have to do anything about it but just to be with you while you're experiencing something or vice versa and there might be a time when i'm sick or i'm exhausted or i have other responsibilities i don't have the capacity to do that that doesn't mean to say i don't want to do that it just means i may not be able to do it right now but i might want to do it another time so there's there's, there's lots of layers and nuance to this and I want to mention that sometimes sharing our emotions, showing vulnerability, and showing vulnerability, it actually creates a deeper trust, a deeper connection, and a deeper bond mm-hmm. between a community, between people, between partners. Yeah, absolutely. So as there are a lot of layers to this, it can sometimes take a little time and different tools and approaches to address all of the aspects of it and to really understand how to do this for yourself. The thing is, the starting point is learning how to meet this emotional need or emotional needs for yourself. Now, remember, there's a difference between the need to experience, express our emotions and the preference for how we do it. Not the same thing. Um, So when we... Can you do that one again? Okay. Remember, there is a difference between the need to experience and express our emotions and our preference for how we would like to do it. That was one of the things when I was going through the program that really kind of resonated. I was like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, I do prefer that. And then learning the red green spectrum be like, oh, there are better ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when we are feeling an emotion that we have previously labeled as being quote unquote negative, we want to remind ourselves, there's no such thing as a negative emotion. We're just processing our experience. We want to acknowledge that, allow yourself to feel it, and then find a way to express it that doesn't involve anybody else to begin with and doesn't harm yourself. So it could be shouting or crying into a pillow, it could be pillow 
a pillow. I mean, you could do pillow. it into a pillow as well. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> pillow may may be a little bit more helpful and a little soft <laughs> against little the softer. face. Um, the, you could journal about it. You can make the sound of the emotion. You can move in a way that feels like it's expressing what you're feeling. Just finding a way of processing, expressing it, like moving it through and out of your body that works for you. You want to allow yourself to go through the emotional tunnel. So the emotional tunnel is a concept that I learned about in an article a while back um, where a, mum was sh- a mother was sharing about the fact that her uh, son had this favorite teddy bear. And I can't remember the name of the teddy bear's name. It's going to come back to me at a really awkward time. We're going to call him George. We'll call him George the bear. Um, I don't know why. I was going to say Mr. Snuggles, but we're on two totally different pages. <laughs> so... George the bear, <laughs> or Mr. Snuggles, depending which way you look, which way you want to, which want to bend on this, um, was this kid's favorite bear basically. And the kid had been um, away, um, hanging out with, I think it was a family member who'd been visiting. And um, towards the end of the evening, they they kind of dropped him off. They went off on their way. They were headed back home across state lines. And um, at one point during the evening, he kind of casually mentioned, "Oh, um, like, have you seen George?" Um, and don't know what that is going past outside, but I'm going to carry on anyway. Um, Something's making a lot of noise. Wow. That and then was... stopped really abruptly. I have no idea what that was. That might have been UFO style. That, oh, okay. that, was, that was a different... It's Key West. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Um, so anyway. Um... Oh, there's an alien? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Come hang out. Um, so... He mentioned about the fact he hadn't seen George, and she was like, "Yeah, that's a good point. I normally have seen him at some point in the evening." And then all of a sudden, this like look of horror appeared on his face, um, and he suddenly went, oh, "It's in the back of so and so's car!" And they realised that he'd left the the bear in the car that was now an hour away along across state lines, and um, she was saying how. In previous situations, she would have like dropped everything, called them, got them to come back got in her car, driven to meet them somewhere, do a little handover in the middle of nowhere um, to get George back for bedtime. But she didn't do that. What she said happened was as he had this realization, she watched him kind of crumble in on himself and started like sobbing uncontrollably. So as this sort of sobbing happened, she didn't do anything. She didn't shush him. She didn't, um, she just allowed him to sob. She was with him while he did it. And then as it kind of, he kind of got a little bit further along, he sat next to, uh, she sat next to him and like put her hand on his back um, and just was with him while he was sobbing. It sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And she said it felt like it took an eternity. In reality, there was a clock in the room. It took eight minutes for him to go through this full sobbing experience. Um, and the reason that she did this was because she'd been to, I think, it was the therapist that she'd been to and they'd shared with her about the emotional tunnel and she was they were talking about the fact that when you have an emotion the emotion you're like you're in it's like you're in the middle of a tunnel and at one end you haven't got the emotion you go into the, the tunnel when the emotion starts and then you feel your way through it and then once you felt it fully that's when you're at the other side of the tunnel the issue is that a lot of people Hello, package at the door. Right. Thank you Delivery. very much. Delivery. Um, not George, unfortunately. Um, or an alien. Or an alien. Disappointing. Disappointing. Maybe next time. Yeah. You know, never mind. Does Amazon do aliens? Who knows? Anyway, moving on. I'm sure I have a costume somewhere. <laughs> so um, they were talking about this emotional tunnel. The thing is, is that most people 
And the key here is that you shouldn't share in the story, but from my experience, if you haven't got comfortable and processed your emotions, you have an, most people who haven't done that have an inability to be with somebody else who's in those emotions because it triggers your emotions. Because like, and it's like, oh, it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do. You're angry. Like, I'm uncomfortable with anger. I I don't know what to do with it. So what I want to do is I want to stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what they do is they try and pull us out of the emotional tunnel before we've got through to the other end. So they might pull us out by distracting us. They might pull us out by, it's fine. It's okay. Don't worry. Like, it's fine. Like, just stop crying. It's okay. Like, they're trying to get us out of the emotional tunnel because they are uncomfortable with us being in it. Sometimes we can try and pull ourselves out of the emotional tunnel, which is like, I don't like this. Let's go watch something scary on the TV so I won't have to deal with that anymore which used to be one of mine by the way I used to watch horror movies when I was sad because I couldn't cope with the sad at that point in time because I didn't know how to process it um and so what ends up happening is that when you get pulled out of the emotional tunnel we don't fully process the emotion we end up carrying it around with us and we end up with that emotional baggage that's coming forward what they were talking about was the fact that when you are allowed to go fully through the emotional tunnel that's when you process and once you're really uh, you get uh, I said well versed in this and you're practiced at it you go through the emotional tunnel it only takes a few minutes when you really fully surrender to the emotion for the actual emotion to kind of come through we might have some other like processing to do around it there might be other emotions to come up but it only takes a few minutes so um in this situation once he had processed the emotion thing is that when you're overwhelmed with emotion your brain doesn't function quite the same way as it does when you don't have that intensity of emotion present so once he'd gone through the emotional tunnel he she was able to say to him okay so this time, like tonight, bedtime might be a little bit more difficult than it will be normally because George isn't here. Have you got any ideas of things that might make it a little bit easier? So he came up with some ideas. He was going to have an extra uh, story before bed. I think he had a bath before bed. And um, he had pretty much every other cuddly toy he owned in bed with him when he went to sleep. So he went to, and all went without a hitch. And as she went to leave the room, he like tapped her on the, on the hand and said, it's going to be okay, mummy. <laughs> And it was this lovely moment of like, what that she's done in, in that is she's taught him how to feel his emotions. And once he felt the emotions, he was a part of creating a bedtime routine that was going to be more supportive for him because he had the capacity to do that once he'd actually processed the emotions. So when we try to pull ourselves out, when others try to pull us out, when we try to pull others out of the emotional tunnel midway through, we're actually getting in the way of the healing process. And so by allowing ourselves to be in that healing process, by allowing ourselves to move through it we allow ourselves to process and heal from these situations and experiences i also want to uh, do a quick mention especially when we're talking about children i feel that a lot of the parents do put that stop on it it's like okay Mm. no 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 it's going to be fine and kind of making it making it all better in the moment and then you have children who are oddly attached to things like a stuffed animal and if you kind of i've i've heard that as an adult making the connections now it's like oh wait you can kind of see where attachments came because a traumatic event where somebody stopped emotion in its like and you weren't allowed to experience it with anyone else but maybe you did it with your cuddly toy in bed when you were by yourself and you got to feel upset or what have you absolutely and what this parent did is they actually kind of enacted the the ability for the child to meet their own personal power need and make that choice and, and so many other needs as well in that situation like it's extraordinary how many 
needs he was empowered to meet in that one moment. And I'm sure as he grows and if he keeps practicing this and gets older, it will become easier in the things that's like all of a sudden the trauma doesn't hit like, oh gosh, I lost my animal. It's like, okay, well this, this kind of sucks right now. And, and it's okay to be sad about it and it's okay to cry about it. And? And. And, and and whatever that is, and yeah. it will come back, and we'll get it mailed, and there are other options. But I thought that was really important to mention because as yeah. you said it, and you've told this, uh, I've heard this story before. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, like that. Those are kind of those little connections that we don't, we're not always aware of when we're trying to feel better or make somebody else feel better. Right, and it reminds me of a, a situation that I had with a client of mine many years ago. Um, they were this uh, person was actually coming to see me for relationship support. Um, and she came onto the call one day and was incredibly distressed. And I was like, what's going on? And she was like, no, no, no. I'm like, okay, we can't deal with the stuff we're meant to be here to deal with until we deal with whatever's in the room and in the space right now, because it's all obviously consuming you. So let's deal with that first. And they was um, they were basically sharing with me that their, their child had anger issues. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And she was um, um, getting um, very frustrated and was lashing out, was breaking things, was hurting her little sister. Um, and obviously because somebody else was being harmed, this uh, and she had a potential to be harming herself as well in the process, they wanted to do something about it, but she didn't know what to do. And the reality was is that actually what she needed was help and support in processing her emotions. But at the age that she was at, a lot of the time we can think our way through these processes as adults because our brains are fully developed and we have the capacity to do that at the uh, development age that she was at that wasn't going to be a realistic um idea so um i came up with um a tool that i gave her called the emotions cushion or the emotions pillow and what i said was um take her to a homeware store or to a charity shop or something and have her pick out a cushion or pillow which is going to be her emotions cushion or pillow and then what you do is you say to her that um whatever she's feeling she gets to feel with this pillow and all this uh, this cushion um, so if she's happy, she can dance with it. If she's sad, she can hug it. If she's angry, she can punch it. Um, uh, she can like hit it against a bed, like if she's frustrated. Um, and, um, and so what you're basically teaching them to do in that moment is to, it's okay to feel the emotion. It's okay to express it into this entity, whatever it is, the cushion, um, uh, the pillow. And the reason I, I choose a cushion rather than a, um, a cuddly toy is because there's no personality associated. It's just a cushion. It's just an object that has no uh, personality of its own. Um, and then whenever she's finished, whatever it is that she's feeling, is that you take it outside and you shake it out of the window or outside the back door or what have you. Um, so what you're doing is you're teaching that process of acknowledging how I feel, feeling it, expressing it into something and then releasing it. So what we're doing is we're giving them a physical representation of a process that most adults are able to do mentally, which is why we go through that process. Not all adults. And sometimes that can be helpful for an adult as well. Same thing as I do with um, uh, the, another exercise I give to adults sometimes is about writing a letter or writing out how you're feeling about something <laughs> and then tearing it up if it's safe to burning it and watching it release. So again, you're going through that physical process of acknowledging it, feeling it, expressing it, releasing it. So what we want to do is get into that habit and sometimes having a physical tool um, or process to, to help with that can really be helpful. Um, it's funny because that just reminded me we're going to do, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because we're going to do an episode specifically on this incident. But in the writing of a letter, I went through a very challenging um, professional situation mm -hmm. where I had to, I for myself had to acknowledge 
express and experience these emotions, but I knew that it was not something I, I needed to do this not in front of the people that I had said emotions. Well, the, there was a, well, there was a difference between the expressing, the expressing, the expressing and acknowledgement of the emotions that you had that was part of your healing process, and the expression of what you needed to acknowledge, hold accountable, communicate with the other person that was part of dealing with the situation that was a part of different needs being met. So it's like, sometimes you try and do all in the one go. It's like, I'm going to feel, this is how I'm feeling and I'm getting it out of my system. Oops, and or other emotions, like other needs, ping, 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 like get fired off. Their needs get fired off. Your needs get fired off. Mm-hmm. But so sometimes it's like, there's different tools for different processes. But it was interesting, you actually had the same tool but there were different iterations of it that served those different needs, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I think I, I think there were at least four concrete oh, yeah. emails. And I mean, the layers of the first one, I just, I wrote out everything, every situation, every trick, everything that it triggered from like the past. And then I got that out and I read it. I was like, oh, this is a great letter, but no. <laughs> great for me. Great not for so me. Great not for the for, situation. Or anybody else because... Right. Yeah. It was my expression. And yeah. then the next time it was a little bit, I was processing and feeling these emotions as I was writing them out. And so by the time I sent something, I sent no, there was no emotion. There was no emotion in it. It was just factual, which it needed to be for that situation. Yes. And I feel, I felt good about it. I feel good about it now. I don't look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I had handled that differently. It's like, no, I felt everything because I put it on paper. Like I got to read it. I got to see it. And then I knew what I sent wasn't Mm -hmm. about what I was dealing with, wasn't about your processing. My processing um, wasn't about my past experiences. It was just about what they needed, what What they needed to know. And what was needed in the context of that business arrangement. Yes. Yeah. Um. Something that's really, really, really important to remember that the processing of emotions doesn't always look or need to look how we expect it to. Sometimes we get into this thought like it has to look a certain way or this emotion looks this way. And this is especially so when it's a spontaneous emotion. The body is going to release the emotion the way it needs to, whether Mm -hmm. or not it's convenient, whether it's appropriate, whether we want to or like it. Or whether it's like the way that we would expect as well. (laughs) Um, You have a great example of that. And I think we've shared it before, but it's, it works so well here that. Yeah, I had a, I'm not going to tell the whole story because it was a, it's a long and unnecessary story, but I would basically used to manage a recording studio and. And uh, there was a guy who came in one day looking for the guy who owned the studio and they had some kind of beef, some kind of argument between the two of them. And um, all of a sudden this guy, I mean, this guy got really, um, he got really violent. Like he tried to put his fist through my desk, at which point, I mean, I asked him politely to leave. I was the only person in the building at that time. And I mean, we're talking about a big, very angry man. And me, at the time I was in my 20s, my early 20s, on my own in this, and I didn't feel safe. So I said, I'm I'm going to have to ask you to leave, otherwise I'm going to need to call the police. And as I said that, the owner came in, and this guy basically lunged at him, and the two of them went at it in the middle of my office, basically, which is also like the, the yeah, anyway. Um, so I called the police, and I'm frantically calling the police, the police can't find where I am because it's a slightly weird address, and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, eventually, I know the police are on their way. 
I still don't know what's going on. I don't feel safe. And because it was a recording studio, there was one of the sections of the studio where a lot of the equipment was that was lockable. So I went, let myself into the studio, locked it. There was like a little kind of hangout room, which is where um, like the bands, if they're like listening to other people lay down tracks, they could hang out. There was this room that was had a little slide door on it and there was a couch. And I went and hid behind the couch in this room because I was like, I don't know what's going on. So anyway, a little while later, um, I hear this like knock at the door and the like, door opened and it was a policeman and he was like, he was like, are you okay? Are you, like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. It's like, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's all been dealt with. Don't worry. So I get out and we're, we're sat on the couch and literally the shock hit me at that moment because I've been running on adrenaline. Like I was getting ready. Like, what do I do? Like that, that, that trauma response, that fight, 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 flight, freeze, flood, and fatigue whatever at that moment it was a combination between um uh, fight flight and freeze were all present in different ways and so I was getting ready like what happens if someone comes in the second I knew there wasn't an issue anymore all of a sudden that trauma started to release from my body I felt fine I didn't feel like I was upset I wasn't concerned I've got tears streaming down my face and this policeman saying to me, he was like, he was like, should I make you a cup of tea? And I was like, <laughs> such I was, an English thing. I know, I know, it's such an English thing. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm fine. Like, it was such a ridiculous thing to say because I obviously wasn't fine. But that combination, the adrenaline, the shock, all hit at the same time. And that's what needed to happen. My body was releasing it. My brain was like, I'm fine. I can just carry on with my work day. Obviously, that didn't happen. I went home and sorted myself out uh resigned the next day um <laughs> made a note this was not a good working environment for me compromising most of my needs that was a big one so um so yeah I but it was it was interesting how my body released it even when I even when I wasn't aware of it and you have a you have a an even more interesting one <laughs> yeah the other side of the spectrum and I think a lot of people can relate to that emotion of feeling like the anger or the crying mm. and I've had that spontaneous, like all of a sudden you're crying and you're like, oh, why am I crying right now? And you're like, either you can yes. identify like this has nothing to do with this situation or you simply don't know. It's just your body well, being like, I need to cry. Yes. And um, one, I, this happens to me quite often. <laughs> this isn't a rarity in my world, but it's something that's always, um, I've always been judged on, which mm. is interesting. Yeah. Um, I tend to laugh through grief. And it's not that I'm laughing through grief, at grief as a coping mechanism or a way of masking yeah. what my emotions are it's feeling. It's not an avoidance strategy. It's not an avoidance yeah. strategy. I just tend to... Uh, spontaneously laugh like your body just uh, laughs. Well, and it's usually something like something will trigger it. Um, I will... <laughs> Like I said, this has happened quite a few times where if I'm feeling the emotion, like I, I want to express it, especially if it's joy. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually telling this story. Um, the one that resonates the most is my father's funeral. Mm -hmm. And I mean, sad event, the passing of your father, regardless of dynamics, relationships of anything, there is grief within that process. And it's yeah. I handle um, death and funerals in different ways. I call it like, mm -hmm. we'll get on that later. Yeah. Um, I like to find the joy. I like to find the joy in everything. I, I see joy in many situations. Mm -hmm. And I had a 
instance where I started uncontrollably laughing in the middle of my father's funeral. It was triggered by a very funny, like, incident. Moment, yeah. And I actually had to pretend that I was sobbing (laughs) to protect the feelings and the comfort. And that's what I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but I was. I was prioritizing the comfort of all of these people who knew my father as a one-off. And me, his daughter, Mm -hmm. was trying to cover up my laughter because I figured everybody else would think it was inappropriate. And people, I had people be like, oh my God, did you see Serena? She was sobbing. And like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was well, laughing so hard I was crying and I would have loved to been able to have that moment of joy yeah. in the middle of that such a sad and grief stricken occasion to be like I can still feel joy and it's okay that I'm feeling joy in this moment. Well, and I suspect, I mean, from the conversation we had about it, there's a difference between you allowing joy when it's present and you're like, I think that there was a, an element of the, that it was an instigated by a moment of joy, which provided this gateway opening to your emotions processing through your body in the way they, there were other emotions. The laughter was not proportional to what was going on at that moment in time. It was like, oh, we've got an opening. Come on, boys, off we go, kind of thing. Like, it was like all the other emotions got to release through that laughter in that moment. Well, and I was I was literally laughing so hard I was crying. And then it's like, okay, well, am I crying or am I laughing, laughing and crying? I'm not sure. But it was okay. It could be, it could have been all the things. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Yeah. And to think, I mean, I think back at that, the way... Yeah, absolutely. Like, I felt judged. I felt judged in a lot of things with showing my joy when people think it should be serious or sad. Absolutely. So if you recognize that you're feeling a certain way because one or more of your needs is being unmet. So if you if you feel that kind of niggle, that twinge, like something's up, you want to look for the ways that you can meet that need for yourself. Mm-hmm. And there are many options for every need. So it's Absolutely. not just I need I feel my value need is up. Oh, that means I mean it this way. Yeah. There could be a hundred options for that one thing. What's gonna feel best for me right now? Yeah. And um, one thing I want to bring up, we had a question a while ago from a member of our Facebook community. She was looking for a technique to help because she finds it challenging um, navigating her own emotions when her autistic son is having a meltdown. Mm -hmm. So she needed something to help support her so she could help support him. And we shared um, information about the vagus nerve with her and the VU breathing technique. Now, if um, you're not aware of the VU VU breathing technique, um, we'd ask you to go back to episode 28. Um, episode 28, which is an antidote to anxiety. And you can find out more about this technique. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we're going to get into some examples now. We're running short on time. So I'm going to whiz through these quite quickly. We've added some extra stuff in that we didn't intend to today. Um, So um, from my own personal experience, I've shared this before and I'm, I'm sure I will share it again. When I'm feeling angry, I play the song uh, by Fallout Boy, Thanks for the Memories. Um, previously, before I knew how to do this, I would end up venting my anger at other people. And in doing so, how through doing that, I was doing was I was actually compromising their needs Um, and I was harming them because I was trying to express my emotions but it was negatively impacting them and now I tend to process it by myself and my relationships are better for it so I play that song I whack it up I'll sing like stamp my feet punch the air all the things Um, so um so that's one of the ways that I use to process anger 
And sadness and grief is another example. Um, I went through a, a pretty serious breakup and I've shared, I'm sure I've shared about this before um, many, many years ago and I shut it down when it first came up. Like when it first happened, I was like, I was like, I'm upset, I'm upset. Nope, can't do this anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, and then um, once all the things I was doing to distract me from it um, were gone, it all came up to the surface and it was a very messy going through it. Um, people kept saying to me, oh, you just have to deal with it. And I'm like, great, I'm happy to. What does that mean? How do I do that? And everyone's like, well, you just have to deal with it. Yeah, but what does that mean? Um, and then uh, years later, I went through another breakup and I get my wisdom from the weirdest of places. I was watching an episode uh, of Sex and the City in which um, one of the um, one of the um, girls, Charlotte, had um, unfortunately lost her uh, pregnancy. And her husband was talking to uh, her, her friend, uh, Miranda, saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to help. And she says... She'll be okay. She just has to feel it. And I was like, oh, that's what it means. Like, that's what dealing with it means. And that's what I allowed myself to do. And then I, when I ended up meeting um, one of my mentors, um, when I was um, going through yet another breakup, I've been, I've been through one or two of them in my life. Um, and I remember like being in a session with her and her actually inviting me to drop deeper into it, not just allow it but actually like how is there is there can I drop any deeper into this so I can fully feel it and therefore I can process it and release it and now what's really interesting is that the last breakup I went through um I'm actually now able to feel multiple emotions simultaneously which is kind of weird it has to be said but it's like the last breakup massive breakup I went through was like I'm feeling devastated and hopeful at the same time I'm feeling um grief and relief at the same time and being able to feel and it takes some um practice to get to that point where you can you can actually feel them both at the same time I said it's a little weird when you first start doing it but actually it's more authentic and more real because very rarely is a situation just one thing or another normally there's lots of emotions present and sometimes we process them one by one oh oh we process them through walloping the sound shield, apparently, um, one by one and let them go. Is Sometimes, actually, it can be even more effective to feel them all simultaneously and actually just honor everything that's present. Um, when you don't honor things that are present and when you haven't processed emotions, there are a few things that can happen. Because when you're compounding all of these emotions, mm -hmm. one thing can trigger everything at once. Yeah. So if, if it's coming out all at once, then you're not actually fully feeling it and therefore not fully processing all of them and we don't i'm not saying this like as clara just said you can feel multiple emotions at but once but this is an experience that you've had specifically yes. with your emotions isn't it it's the straw that broke the camel's back it's yeah. like i can have one situation i can be feeling all these things but if i'm not dealing with my emotions consistently and um continuously and about all the different things about yeah about all the different things i could be really focused on situation a but all of a sudden situation Q triggers something and the straw breaks that camel's back and it all just like, yeah, you're trying to feel all the things, but not really feeling any of the things. Because you're feeling, yeah. you're processing different emotions yeah. from different situations. It's like, I'm frustrated with this and that made me think of this, but what's yeah. this? And, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and you compound the ands. So by processing the emotions as they come up, I don't have this experience as often. I don't feel that compoundedness. Yeah. I don't feel like, oh, this is, I used to prep and I'd be like, oh, something's going to set me off today. Waiting for somebody to get on that last nerve, waiting for the other shoe to drop and yeah. you know kind of psych yourself up for that mm -hmm. it doesn't happen anymore I go in I'm like well that's not bothering anymore because I processed it 
Um, one thing I want to say, especially, you know, sensitive to it, do not judge people on how they are processing their emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. It's important not to judge people on how they are processing their emotions, whether it's withdrawing into solitude. I tend to do that. I, all of a sudden, it's like, well, there she goes. You used to do that. I you used don't to actually do that really that much these days. I still do it. However... I meet my other needs by, like, I would do that and then I would kind of spin myself into a a tizzy being like, oh, well, then my value needs up, my acknowledgement needs up, my love needs up. I meet, since I'm meeting my needs fully, I do go into solitude, but I may, if it serves me, I may be like, hey, I'm just going through some stuff right now. I'll be in touch in a while. Where before, I couldn't, because everything was compounded, I couldn't even... just dropped off the radar. I couldn't even think about, oh, I want to let at least this one person know. Yeah. Um, Ugly crying. Like, I mean, that's something... Most people have an ugly crying moment. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Think of the pain when you're in that, like, instead of judging it, be like, wow, like, that's deep. Mm -hmm. Like... Or not crying. Mm-hmm. I yeah. used to. I used to not be a crier. Mm-hmm. Be like, no, I'm tough. I'm tough. My mom would always say, "Are you Are you bleeding? Do you need to go to the hospital? Stop crying." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was my conditioning. Yeah. Um, another great example is people who cry after sex, and this is the basically the orgasm is initiating the re- release of the other emotions. So, so as we talked about, like that gateway thing, where sometimes one thing opens us up to allow the other emotions through, whether it's a movie, whether it's laughter at a funeral, this like an orgasm can be that as well, where that that initiates that flow of those other emotions. I think that's uh, it for today. We've run a little yeah. <laughs> over. We are actually, um, a lot of stuff has come up, so I think we're going to do a follow-up to this mm-hmm. one yeah. um, for you and get a little bit deeper because yeah. I still have a lot more I want to I'm sure. Get you, you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. So we'll, we're going to call it for today, but if there's anything else you want to know about so-called negative emotions, then get in touch, let us know, and, um, and we will add these to our list of things to talk about on our podcast. But I think for today, we're going to say that is it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being with us. Um, remember to stay safe. Uh, we're sending you lots of love. And between now and next time, remember to keep meeting your needs. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review, as it will help more people find us. And remember... All emotions are valid and valuable. They all help us to meet our needs. Well, shit. It really is that simple.